nourishing myself also means that I am up, like I am honing in on my strengths rather than like bringing up my weaknesses because that to me is nourishing. And coming from an Asian and Chinese background, it's like they were always forcing you to like look at what your weaknesses are and to like make them better. And I'm just like, well, what about enhancing your strengths and taking what you're already good at and making it even more amazing because if it's your strength, it feels like it's second nature to you. So for me, I'm just like, okay, how do I just like take care of myself and lean on my strengths and do things that feel good instead of all the shoulds. So that is a way that I've learned to take care of myself without really even knowing it. But now that I'm more aware of it, it's like, oh yeah, because if I was to do, if I was to do things that didn't feel right, I would be so stressed out. I'd be so stretched thin and it just would not flow and feel natural. You're listening to Nourish the Risk Takers. I'm your host, Marisa Lowen. In this podcast, we explore the intricacies and complexities of asking for and receiving help. Welcome to Nourish the Risk Takers podcast. We are joined today by Veronica Yans. Veronica, Thank you for being here. Why don't you give us a little hello and an introduction of what you do in the world? Yeah. So just as as an aside, this was one of the interviews and conversations that I was a little bit nervous for because as we're talking about asking for help or just stripping away like who we are as like what we do, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm actually having a conversation about myself. Sure, business comes into play, but I'm just like, I think this is why I need this podcast. (laughs) Because asking for help or nourishing the things that I need feels really selfish sometimes, feels like I'm like, like guilt just seems to be the word that comes up. But anyway, so I'm Veronica Jans. I'm the founder and CEO of Business Laid Bear. And so we work with a lot of impact-driven organizations and businesses to help them create that uncapped revenue growth so that they can take the money and do good with it in the world because building a legacy requires sustainable actions and operations and you're not just going to one night stand something to create a legacy. So this is what we're all about. We're all about operations and I can't think of anything better to do in this world because like this is where our gifts are. But at the same time, I know that and. I talk about this with you quite a bit, Marisa. It's like when you give, 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 it's like, oh my gosh, how do you ask for help or how do I ask for help and receive that nourishment in order to continue to show up to make the impact? Because as people have said, you can't pour from an empty cup. So that's yeah. Well, I mean, you can try, but all you're going to get is a little bit of air and maybe some dust and some cat hair or dog hair. So, you know, just to be completely transparent, Veronica is one of my longest, oldest clients. I don't, not old in her age, but like old timey, we've been kind of doing this for a while. Um, And I always find it interesting because Veronica pays me to help her. Not that I wouldn't love to do it, you know, outside of that kind of relationship but honestly I often will say to Veronica like Veronica like I'm sorry I'm I'm asking this I'm like you pay me for this I know but we also are like friends as well right so it's like reciprocity to me as I've noticed is so important like yes I pay you and but at the same time it's like I care about you as a person and I just taking advantage of people as someone that has been taken advantage of multiple, multiple times in my life. It's like, I'm very cognizant about things like that. Asking for permission, even though I pay you. I think as a, as a um, service provider, we are acutely aware of the times where people have tried to scope creep on us. It is, it is definitely something that I try to keep track of because I am a notorious like yes person I would I love making people's day and any way I can do that I'm all in but at my expense and like you said you can't pour from empty cup and eventually you do run out of energy even me um people have asked like how do you do it all well eventually I do crash I I slept seven hours on a, a like a long road trip yesterday I was just like here's some music here's an audiobook good luck I am sleeping you know and um it's a, I have a, a, I'm in a, I'm in a public room in my, my, uh, you know, you know, that noise, you know, that noise, the noise, the Pomodoro clock, the Pomodoro clock reminding me to get water, take a stretch, take a break. I mean, we all know that as catalyst members, we hear it all the time. 
Um, but that's a way of, I put that in there because I know that we're not receiving support. And it's like a reminder when you hear that, oh, I've got to take a drink. I've got to take a stretch. Um, that's all part of receiving support too. But back to this, like as a service provider, what are some things that you do? I know you are, you go above and beyond where you don't want to take advantage of people, but what are some things that you do in your business to make sure that scope creep doesn't happen? Yeah. So to me, operations is very much about setting good boundaries, creating good company culture, and making sure that quality of life is ensured from all the people that interact with us, whether they are clients or team members or even potential potential stakeholders, however that may look. Because when you have good operations, it means that there are set expectations that allow us to stay protected. So like lack of operations and lack of good process means that clients can walk all over us. And while that is not something that we intentionally look for, sometimes it happens because we maybe didn't foresee a scenario that happened. Like I had a client who got so mad at her team members and she told this to us. She's like, I felt so betrayed by our, our clients because they went directly through me, emailed the team member and asked if they could do something. And I don't think the client knew that they were scope creeping. And the team member was like, yeah, you know, I will do it. Unbeknown to her that this was apparently scope creep and that there was some betrayal feelings. But I'm just like, see, that was like lack of good operations and lack of processes. Whereas I have told my team members, like if our clients asked us to do something that was out of scope. It's like, check in with yourself. Does it feel right? And if it does like take care of them and then let them know that usually we don't do this, but we wanted you to do, we wanted to do this for you to help you move forward. So for me, creating good operations means creating good boundaries. It's like, it's not about what I will do or what you will do. It's almost like I will, this is what I will do in response to your actions or set up that like proactive proactivity before the thing happens. So for me, like, I feel like operations is just a really good exercise in boundary setting. Yeah, I love that. I think we haven't, you know, as business owners, especially when you're in like that kind of startup phase, those first three to five years, which I know a lot of people are like, wait, startup phase three to five years. Well, yeah, some startups go for 10 plus years. We were talking about the how long beta (laughs) some of these some of these well known companies are still in their beta. They're still working on their stuff, you know, eight years later, how long was Google in Gmail? How long was Gmail in beta? Like way too long, right? I worked for a 15 year old startup, 15 year old consulted for them once. Like that was one of my first jobs out of college and it was a ride. It was a ride. (laughs) For sure. And so when we think about these lifetimes of businesses, if we don't have, we're just, we're starting kind of that people pleasing phase because you're trying to get as many customers in so that you have proof of concept so that you have, um, you know, a a database of users, especially if you're going to plan to go get funding. Uh, So there's this kind of rush to do all the things without actually being strategic or having a game plan or having your standard operating procedures. And you'll hear us reference the SOPs, the SOPs, depending on how some people like to refer to, I hate the SOPs but the SOPs, it stands for standard, standard operating procedures. And they're things that I always like to encourage people to have when they're still a team of one, a leader of one, you start doing the processes that you have. And like Veronica said, that's your best line of defense when it comes to scope creep is because you've got these policies set out. So you can refer to people, here's what is included. Here's what is extra. For me, as I've been doing business, like you and I have been around for so long, but I didn't really truly take my business seriously or basically like go all in on myself. Like I played to not lose up until like 2020. And then so when 2020 hit, something just clicked. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to play to win. In order to play the win though, I also know that I'm going to be a lot more vulnerable. So what is it that I need to put in place to make sure that I'm taken care of? And especially now in this phase of my business, where now that COVID feels a lot less scary and I've been boosted more times than I can remember, it's like, okay, going into the in-person events, like that changes the dynamic of what business is like, because I've just known it to be in the online world. And you and I were chatting offline about this, but in our own online messenger that sometimes being too global, because you think more, more expansiveness, more opportunities for clients. But then at the same time, it's like, well, what if we go an inch wide mile deep? 
like go local and see how much we can exhaust that experience. And for me, nourishing myself also means that I am up, like I am honing in on my strengths rather than like bringing up my weaknesses because that to me is nourishing. And coming from an Asian and Chinese background, it's like they were always forcing you to like look at what your weaknesses are and to like make them better. And I'm just like, well, what about enhancing your strengths and taking what you're already good at and making it even more amazing? Because if it's your strength, it feels like it's second nature to you. So for me, I'm just like, okay, how do I just like take care of myself and lean on my strengths and do things that feel good instead of all the shoulds? So that is a way that I've learned to take care of myself without really even knowing it. But now that I'm more aware of it, it's like, oh yeah, because if I was to do if I was to do things that didn't feel right, I would be so stressed out. I'd be so stretched thin and it just would not flow and feel natural. Yeah. I just switched this. Um, I, I see that. <laughs> <laughs> I always like to have, cause like there, there's a little pop up here and it looks weird if it's in front of my face and it's in front of, in front of your face. Um, I know this is like taking care of ourselves midstream. People are like, what's happening? It's magic. That's the magic of, of online TV. Listen to my voice, not what I'm doing with my hands. <laughs> Listen to Veronica's voice and not what I'm doing on here. Yeah, I mean, this is this is something. I mean, that the the global versus local that that's all a part of taking yourself too, taking care of yourself because sometimes we're trying to cast our net way too wide. I said that right. I said yeah, we're we're casting it too wide, and we're not getting the the amount of people that we need into our net because we're too the net's too wide. Whereas if you had cast, you know pretty close to you, you're going to get a sub segment of people that you can really get feedback on a startup basis and really invest in yourself. So I love that you kind of made that, that realization. You've been really going in on that. Now, how do you take care of yourselves at events? We've talked about this. So okay. are you an introvert <laughs> or an extrovert? So I am an introvert. People seem to be very shocked when I tell them that. And they're like, no, you're so well-spoken and eloquent. I'm like, well, that does not define what introversion and extroversion yeah, is, like, but that's rude. okay. You should go read, you should go read the book quiet if you would like to know more. But essentially for me, um, and I'll plug strengths finders. I didn't think they're called Gallup strengths now. And the reason why I'm plugging them is because they have this strength called woo, which is winning others over. If you are someone that leads or has woo in your top five or 10, it means that you're the type of person that wants to like, make it rain with your business card, meet everybody, say hi to everybody, befriend everybody. But for me, my number one strength is relator, which means that I win others over through deeply connecting with one or few people. Like I have the uncanny ability apparently to make really deep and meaningful relationships rather quickly. And I thought that this was just part of being a nice human being. But, you know, not everybody has the strains that we all do, which is why I'm like, for me, I win others over by, by intimate conversation. So then I, how I take care of myself is instead of going to a networking event or an event and doing that, like make it rain with your, my business card, I told myself if I make like one to two really good connections, even if it's with somebody I already know, cause I've had friends come with me to events and they're like, I know like half the people in this room already. I'm like leaving. I'm like, oh my God, if I see half the people in the room, I get super excited because it means I'm not awkwardly going, Hey, can I join your, your conversation circle? And so that's how I take care of myself is like, I set intentions. Like this is my litmus for what success feels like, because I often move my own targets so that I don't celebrate enough. Or if I do hit a milestone, I'm just like, meh. But as you've told me many times, you're like, Veronica, if you're not celebrating the small things on the day to day, how are you going to celebrate the big things when they truly come? Because you've diminished your own success or whatever that looks like. So to you sum that all up. Small and big celebrations to me, it just celebrate it all equally. Like just be like, That's oh true. my God, this happened. I got, I got, you know, I, I, I celebrate when I get you know, like my, um, Mountain Dew spark, you know, that I can't get, I'm like, we, I've liberated it from the U S like the, all of those things deserve celebrations equally. We don't need to like, say this is a small celebration or a large celebration. You're right. But on that note, so we're going to come to the Canadian U S border. I'm going to toss you like potato yeah. sacks. 
Mountain yeah, and I've got tips for Lakshmiya. I'm going to throw them so that you can ship them faster and quicker. Well, I want um, them too. Oh, yes. Yes. Well, it's going to be, I'm going to have to like put a small pallet of snacks that are cro crossing the border. Nothing to see here, customs. Nothing to see here. Just um, tossing food back and forth. You, you know, okay. So first of all, I'm, I'm interested in this person who is showing up to a room and seeing that they already know half people and they're, and they're leaving. Like, I, to me, I'm like, what an opportunity to reconnect, to let those people know what I'm doing. They already know the. I don't have to start from zero and say like, here's what I'm doing. Now you go into I that know. conversation where it's like, who do you know that needs what I have? Cause you already know me, you know what I do. Like what an opportunity miss. That's really interesting. That person is just gathering and, and is not necessarily building relationships, which I think is a different strategy. And I, I find that exhausting always continually adding into the funnel without doing the nurturing of who's in the funnel already. Hmm. It, it's unbelievable. Like when I see somebody that I already know or half the room, it makes me excited because it allows me, like you said, to talk about something else or to share something without always having to reinvent the wheel and start from scratch. And the few people that I've met locally. So it was interesting when I went into the local business community Someone gave me the advice to like, Veronica, you don't, you don't need to be doing what you wanted to talk to me about. She's like, you need to go meet people that are the executive director positions, the, the super connectors, all that stuff. And I'm just like, okay. And this is almost like letting go. So maybe this is a way of nourishing myself too, is to let go of thinking that I'm under control, <laughs> like, because that's what makes me feel good that I have things under control, but like when serendipity happens, like meeting one person who ended up being the executive director of a pretty big organization here in town led to them introducing, or they introduced me to another person who introduced me to another person. Now like these handful of five people that I initially met know like almost everybody because the local community is both big and small at the same time. So it's just like, to me, quality over quantity, except for when it comes to food has always been my thing. And if I deviate from that, my life doesn't feel right. If that makes sense. Like it means that I'm just not operating how I meant to operate and that's not taking care of myself. I'm doing a lot of shoulds. Yeah. We fill our life with shoulds. The, we should all over ourselves as we say in the catalyst, don't <laughs> shoot all over yourself. Don't shoot over all, all over other people, you know? Um, yeah. And that's interesting. You're, so you're a very nurturing person. You're, I find you very naturally caring and you definitely look out for other people. You, you check in with other people but to a point. Again, I think it's interesting. You said you like to be in control of it. So you like to control how you care for people. Maybe not in that sense. And you can always check me in this and challenge me. But like when I say control, if I feel like I'm out of control, one, maybe it's actually a good thing because it means that I'm letting magic happen into my life. And perhaps this desire for so much control is because I didn't have it growing up. There were so many things that were done for me or that I was forced to do or forced to do in other people's ways that when I feel like I don't have control, it means that perhaps I'm slipping back into that old behavior and that there's baggage coming up. So I am totally willing to admit this, but when I have control or show up and with intention about how I care for people, really the best thing that I always ask for, like when I meet people, I'm always like, okay, what are your love languages? What are your core values? Because these things help me decide how to help nourish somebody else. So like if words of affirmation are not your thing and I sing you praises left and right, it's probably like, it doesn't mean anything or you're just like, oh, okay. But if you really are a type of person that loves hugs and just giving you one amazing hug means the world compared to like 10 compliments then I have done my job and I have observed actually giving you what you truly need rather than what I believe you need. And so that's why it's like asking for help or giving, giving help to me sometimes can't just be like this blanket thing where you assume everybody is the same. So that's what I mean when I try to be in control of like how I take care of people. It's actually asking them what they need first. Even though I have give me more hugs. I'm just saying. Okay. All right. So we're, 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 we're meeting up. That's it. We're meeting up. I'm bringing my dog. I'm bringing my drinks. We're bringing the snacks. We're meeting up. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just hug it out all day long and you can sing me praises. It's great. 
So when you do have to ask for help, Veronica, what's it like? What does it feel like? It's so hard. It's so easy to give help to people. Like I'm the first one. Like I have learned from my partner's manager when they were speaking. I'm like, I have biased for action. Like it's really hard for me to hold space for some people. I feel immediately go into solutions mode. So for me, when I like, how is it that I am so easy? Like it's so easy for me to give help to other people right away without thinking about it. But when I have to when I need help or want to ask for help, it's a the it's a uphill battle. It's so much harder. But I have learned that it is probably a lot of baggage that I need to shed from my upbringing. And so to answer your question, like asking for help sometimes just looks like, hey, I think I need help. And I have to put that think there at first, depending on how much I know that person, because that it, it, it protects me. It's like a protection mechanism. But I think I've learned that what I appreciate when people are just straightforward with me is that I'm beginning to just become straightforward with others and that I hopefully I've cultivated this company that I'm around, whether it be family, chosen or non-chosen, business friends, non-business friends. It's like I trust them to know that when I'm asking for help, it's not that I have any ulterior motives or that they might like take advantage of me. I know. It's like, let me just air out all my issues on this I, podcast. <laughs> I love this. I love this ulterior motives to asking for help, but I oh, will talk about that in a yeah, second. I was so, nervous for this episode. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I really love that actually. So, uh, but let's, you have an incredible team. So how have you empowered them to basically tell you when they're going to help you? <laughs> oh my goodness. So we have so many different ways in which we've baked help into our team culture. So I don't know how I got so lucky, but you know, if you're lucky, like multiple times in a row, I, at the, some time it must be intentional, right? At some point it must be that this actually is not luck. So Michaela, uh, well, Perry, one, of, one of your team members is because that's of me. true. Yeah. <laughs> like, where would I be without Marisa in my life? I don't want to think about that. I'm just gonna brag right now. Yes, but, please yeah. brag. But I love, I love that you two connected in the sphere. Like it's such a great, it's such a great opportunity. You guys have have really blossomed into each other. So how I started w- with Terry and Michaela is that I had them both take the Strengths Finder assessment because I was curious as to know what drove them, and then I also just point blank asked, like, "Hey, what are your strengths? Where do you feel like you need help?" And over time, we and we also have a Slack channel that says it's called work your strain. So basically, it's a reminder. And we put things down like, oh, well, Terry is open about me sharing this. She's like, I don't know how to build something from nothing. But once you've taught me how to build it the first time, I can build it and make it even better the next time. And Michaela, she's like, I'm like the energizer bunny checking off things off my task list is like, I get high, I get a high from it. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So more subtasks for you. Like, I'll just break down one task into like three subtasks and it makes you happy. So like when we normalize asking for help and without getting shamed for it, it's like, we know how to chip in when a team member may be like lagging or we're help. We're having to all work out of our zones of genius now. And then like, it's, it's a reality. It's like, we try to work in our zones of genius as much as possible, but given that we're such a small team at this point, it's inevitable. And then on the more technical side, we have a help wanted tag in ClickUp that I've set up a standard operating procedure for. I'm like, hey, if I have like a help wanted tag because either I don't have time to do it, I don't want to do it, or I can't do it, but it somehow is assigned to me or I'm doing the task assigning, and this is for anybody, tag it with help wanted, tag it with like today or put today's date as the start date. And if you have an idea of who the person is best to complete this with, should complete it, assign it to them. If not, leave it blank. And then that when things get tagged, it shoots a notification to Slack under our help wanted channel so that we have a list of where we need help. Like I somehow have cultivated this culture where Terry, Michaela, and I, all three of us feel really comfortable being really honest with each other. Like some days, like Terry's like, I'm just super sad. Or, you know, uh, she works with a lot of horses. She has a horse. She's like, my horse is not doing well. And it's really affecting me. And I'm like, great. Nothing is on fire. Take the day off. If you want to come back later today, just let us know. If not, you can, things can wait till the next day. It's not like we're saving the world here. 
I mean, you are saving the world, but, um, but in terms of like emergency surgery, I'm not saving lives. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think this is an interesting shift in asking for and receiving help, even, you know, in small businesses that are modeling this for larger corporations is we, is, is letting people deal with their stuff outside their business is actually better productivity for you. Like having people work through stuff. I mean, same thing with the catalyst. You know, we have people who are like, Oh, I, I, I wanted to do this thing today. I wanted to do a co-working session. I just, I don't have the energy or I just don't go. go. Yeah. Please go or- take care of your stuff. Terry was supposed to get on a call with a client and 10 minutes before the call happened, she's like, my internet just got shut off. The, the internet company is working on something and she's like freaking out. She's like, and I have no cell signal because in the Midwest where she's living right now, there's possible, like she had a tornado warning the other day. And so it's, I'm like, I'm like, just send a message to the client and say, I'm so sorry. Can you rebook? Here's the link. And if they are going to give you hell over it, it meant that we didn't vet the right client in the first place. And that's on me. That's That's never on Terry, but the client was like, no big deal. Life happens. Like, the fact that we give our clients so much grace, it's almost like they give us that same grace back because we're cultivating this culture. And I think that's what's so great about business laid bare. It's like, we're laying it all bare. There's nothing really up our sleeves. Like if we don't feel good, we talk about it. If the clients are like, can I nurse my client, my baby? And I'll call them like, yeah, of course. Like what better time to nurse your kid? And please don't feel like you have to cover up. It's like, you're just going to be talking. Oops happened. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And you can go off camera if we need to yeah. like record things. It's the 21st century. We can make it work. So how do you need to be taken care of and nourished? I think even things like having your client on the other side, feeding that kid, like that's risk. That's a risk taking activity, right? Because there's so much stigma. And I'm just like, no, like we're here. We see you as a person. We love seeing your yeah. baby. If I could smell your baby's head from afar, I would, but I can't. So we'll just, we'll make it work the next time. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I've had coaching clients who are like, do you mind if I have to, I'm like, I don't mind at all. Do we need to, if you want to go off camera, if you want to stay on camera, it doesn't matter to me. I'm like, this is, you know, it's, it's what, or if you need to take 10 minutes, like it's up to you. Right. Because I also don't think people should power through this stuff. Like if, if feeding your baby, you need to like do that and you can't focus on whatever's happening here, let's not force it. Let's not just because you had it scheduled. Like sometimes babies are hungry and yeah. you've got to do that. And, and, or they, or they're crying or, you know, something's happened. They fell. You can't plan for all of that stuff. And I think we need, we just start creating businesses that allow people to do all the things that they want to do and not feel stressed or having to give up things. So I love that you're creating that, that culture with your team. I love that during this conversation, I was like thinking about, as you were saying, like inherently having good operations is nourishing folks. And I really love that because when you know how the business operates, you know how to play within that, or you know where the guardrails are and things are just not spinning out of control or feeling chaotic. And I mean, our lives are already chaotic as it is. So it's like, how how can we, how can I create this environment where Michaela did call us out the other day? She's like, BLV is like my safe space. Like, she's like, I know the structure. I know what to do. Sometimes things get a little crazy and Veronica has a shit ton of projects. She wants us all to do, but it's like, I love that they trust that when I assign them something or give them something to do or want us to go down this route is that I know that they can handle it and not because it just needs to be done. Like I would never assign someone something to something to someone if they can't take like know how to do it. But I'm like, if it's like a like an app training and you just have to learn the app, that's different. But like inherently, if I'm asking you to write copy and you've never written copy in your life, like I wouldn't have. I'm not taking care of you. I'm doing nobody any good, and I'm harming you. Yeah, and that's a, that's a focus that you definitely have with business lay bears that it's people first, right? Like yeah. you're focusing on those procedures and those tools and tactics that you're designing. If it doesn't work for your team, whether it's the team you have now or your future team, then there's no sense putting it in. That's a costly mistake that you're going to be impacting in your business. But I mean, it's also harm that you're doing to your team. It's not just, a, it's not just affecting your profit 
it's actually it's creating trauma and harm and we talk about corporate trauma a lot in the catalyst because we've all experienced it but it's like we want to try and reduce the amount of harm that we're doing in the world and that's that's one way of doing it so let's come back to this ulterior motives for asking for help okay so it's so funny because when someone asks me for help i don't think twice i'm like tits deep in i just dive in but then when I ask for help, it's like before I even ask, sometimes I'm just like, okay, will this person think any less of me or think that I'm being lazy? I think that's like the biggest thing is the laziness part because I am supposed to be able to do all the stuff on myself, right? So the fact that like when I ask for help, even in the form of like ordering out, I'm just like, oh, well, should I have done this? But that at the same time, I always have this like gauge in my head where it's like, okay, if I'm operating today at like 40%, is it worth lowering that gauge 10% even more for a meal? Or is it worth like, okay, ordering takeout or asking somebody to do something for me will allow me to do the things to like raise my gauge up. So the ulterior motive, it's all me. Like it's, it's a me thing. I say like Terry, Michaela and I are always like, is it a me thing or a business laid bare thing, or is it really a client thing? And nine times out of 10, it's a, it's an us thing. So it's like, we check ourselves and we're just like, okay, it's a a we thing, thing. a we thing or a them thing. (laughs) No, like sometimes we're like, we're not even giving enough value. Are we, or we're, and so we're like, wait a minute. It's a, it's a we thing. And so it's like, we, we talk about these things in the culture of the business because it's important to talk about it. And so going back to me, it's like, I really need to make it an active practice to just let go of any strings attached that I think I may have attached myself to and be like, I just need help and have to trust that I've cultivated the relationships and the company around me, friends, family, colleagues, whatever, that have my best interest at heart. And I'm proving myself right every day. So it's a active practice that I'm going through right now. Like I am not perfect whatsoever. And nor do I try to portray that I have like my life together. My life is held together because of good processes and Google calendars right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't even have that, to be honest. I have a, a, a thinly taped calendar, maybe. Um, and I probably should go with the duct tape, but I'm really just working on some dollar store scotch tape happening here, holding everything together. And I'll be the first to admit that, but we're getting there. It's, it's definitely, I think, when you look at from a team process, you ha- it gives you an advantage because... You also have different perspectives and lived experiences pouring into that solution. So in having the more people that you can get in, involved in creating that solution for the team, it's going to be better. It's going to be better. I think when I ask for help, like a lot of times for me, I know what help I need. And it's the help that I don't know that I need that is actually really scary. Oh, interesting. Like, for instance, so let's talk about it on this podcast. You were one of the first people that were like, hey, Veronica, I think you could be autistic. And when I heard that news, I'm just like, like, not that I was mind blown or anything crazy because I was just like, I just never attributed that to myself because the type of autistic people I grew up around were nonverbal, um, have been, I've been told many times by parents that they would never be able to live on their own and stuff. So it's like the fact that I didn't know what I didn't know. And I got curious. The biggest thing that I got from this like self-assessment is that I should give myself a lot more grace and stop beating myself up for all the things that I have beaten myself up over. And so for now, when I don't know what I don't know, this part's a little bit scary, but ultimately when I ask for help, it's like, I think I'm pretty specific I need a hug. I need food because if I don't have food, I'm going to be really hangry and I'm not going to be able to do this. Or like we talked about before you pushed record a vacation after a vacation, like that to me was such a guilt thing. Like I'm like, I just went on like a month long vacation, workcation to Hawaii. And now I need like a few days off from my workcation, but it's just like, this is just how my body works. Like whether it's like a conference, a kink event, vacation whatnot it's like how do I take care of myself it's like I'm becoming a little bit unapologetic about my needs because I'd rather go foggy brain to not do anything and veg all day 
than to pretend that I have myself together and try to take meetings, which then just extends my fogginess. Yeah. I mean, I, I learned this, I went on vacation and then I was saying, I was just saying in the catalyst, people were like, Oh, how was your vacation? I'm like really bad actually. <laughs> and I'm like, first of all, I've, I've forgotten how to vacate. Um, and two, but things I've learned is that even when I go on vacation, I have to take those first three days just to sleep just to just to try and refill the sleep bank because I probably didn't sleep a week before trying to get everything done that I needed to get done before I went on vacation. I feel then, that so much. Then I need that day after and I didn't do that. I got up this morning, I did a webinar with Go Brunch and then we have this and then uh, I, I'm actually marrying people tonight. Like what? Like what was I thinking? I should have booked off the entire day today. And now I know. You know, That's you could have messaged me. Like we are friends no. enough where you could, we could have rescheduled. Cause I didn't this know. I didn't know Veronica. <laughs> I didn't know until all of a sudden I got to this point right now where I'm just like, okay, this was a bit much. Um, it was when I looked at my calendar, I didn't think anything about it. Like, honestly, I thought I'd be fine. And I ended up sleeping like nine, like I said, seven hours, nine hours or something. I could no seven hours yesterday on the way home. So like, I felt really great, but then it was like eight o'clock and I'm like, I need to go back to bed. And I realized, Oh, oh I'm in trouble for tomorrow. Right. And, and it's, it's, it, these are things like this is asking for, but this is also receiving help. Right. So now we've created a standard operating procedure this morning. Lacey and I was like, when Marisa goes on vacation, the day after vacation, nothing gets scheduled. Nothing is going to get scheduled. I need at least one day where I'm vegging out and I'm just going to watch TV all day and maybe read and like extend the vacation, but at home because mm -hmm. you're not traveling. You're not, you know, you're not doing all that kind of stuff. And I said to, I'm like, we're, we're planning a big, um, the team is taking a vacation in November because our birthdays are all in the same week. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to close down the catalyst. I mean, like not really, I mean, the rooms will still be open, but we're not going to be in there actively supporting. And I said, you know, the first thing is I think we have to extend that out because I'm going to probably spend the first three days sleeping. And to me, you've created this community, which I am such a proud member of like, you, we, we value the magic and the expertise that you give us when we need your help. But then when you're not there, it's like, we all can help each other. And I think by you creating this community, it's not all on you. You're not the one thing that makes or breaks the success of what you're trying to create. So yeah, you, I you've think done really well in the sense, like I can just go in and be like, um, I don't know how to word this well, or I'm kind of lost in my head and stuck in my head. Can I just talk it out? Like people are there to support. And I'm like, that's so, that's so nice. Somebody asked me this morning, um, how does the one-to-one -one sessions work? And I'm like, honestly, I thought there'd be more one-to-one -one sessions. So I didn't make a public calendar. It's just people have to ask me, can we do a one-to-one -one session? But what we found is that the real value is that people come into that main co-working room and they're like, I want to work on this. And then everybody pours into it. So you get not only my experience, but everybody's experience in the room. And it can impact, even if you bring it in a couple days in a row, you know, you get different people in the room. And, and you've got such an incredible breadth of perspective and ideas and experiences that are being poured into this project that it is worth it, right? And, and everybody's recognizing everybody's expertise in there and not, you know, there's no hierarchy. There's no, oh, I got to wait for Marisa, you know, unless they want to be like, oh, 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 I worked on this and now I got to, I'm going to, you know, because I pick apart, I'm, I'm the, I'm the disaster planner. Of the, of the organizations, like I will, I will tell you all the things that could possibly go wrong so that you can plan for it to go right. Um, but you know, like that, there's such an advantage there, but that's, that was also hard for me to do too, because I come from the digital business world and you're in that world too, where we're supposed to be the experts of everything. No, because what, when you're like the jack of all trades, you're like master of none or something like I would rather be well known. Again, it goes back to my inch wide, mile deep kind of personality. Like I want to know something really, really well. And I am not afraid to ask for help because I'm either paying with time or money. If I'm trying to like build something and I have to decide, is this something it's worth learning myself before I bring somebody on or you know what, just bring them on and then ask them to create as much documentation or help videos that I need them to do so that when they do eventually leave, like we are not stuck. 
with their pants pulled down. <laughs> so for me, yeah. like taking care of myself, my business, my team members ultimately has been a very active practice as I've gotten older. Like I would say that if I was to talk to my 20 year old self now, she'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? We're fine. We, we just figure it out. We power through, we, we bite our tongue. And I'm just like, it's not healthy, but it was also because a lot of, I was raised with a lot of mistrust and I was, there was a lot of people that I couldn't trust. And the only person I could trust was myself. So it's like, how do you begin to relinquish the idea of what help looks like as you progress through life? And I'm glad that I have somebody like you who continually challenges me. Like you're just like, Veronica, are you sure this is what you need to be doing? What do you need help with? Is this something that you need to, you know, like you just asked me various questions that allow me to think and expand and evolve. And I think I've gotten to a place where asking for help gets easier. It's all, it's like what I was telling you the other day. So as we were talking to more venture capitalists and investors, oh, that is a trip. Even though we're not raising any money at this moment from them, it's like talking to them and winning them over to work with them or to have us work with their portfolio companies. It's like my skin was getting thicker and thicker with every meeting. But after the first few ones, I felt like very vulnerable, very exposed. And so I'm just like, okay, if I have to take really tough VC meetings that I'm like nervous for, I'm not going to do anything else that day. I'm just going to make sure I can recharge, get my mindset right. Because if I'm continually working from a state of like anxiety, it doesn't help anybody. So it's like, I just have to be really, really self-aware because my actions or lack thereof have ramifications and consequences that reach beyond me. So I have to take care of myself for the good of others. And that's a crazy thing to be thinking about coming from an Asian background. Yeah. And it's interesting. We have, I mean, everybody listening to this podcast, you're going to have a different set of experiences, different learned, different environments, different cultures of asking for, for support. I know in my family, if I asked my mom, she'd say, you figure it out. You always do. And it was such a like letdown because I was like, I don't want to do it by myself. I want to co-create with others. I want to hear what other people's experiences. I don't want to. (laughs) That's where I was like, okay, I'm going to go build my own. I'm going to go build my own communities where we can actually do collaboration, where we can do co-creation. And it's really defying everything that I grew up with. So I can only imagine you've got that extra layer in there of that background of going through that and kind of relearning what works for you. Yeah. Figure it out on your own. But not only that, you have to be excellent at it. In in like two hours. In two hours, and yeah. It's it's not realistic. So yeah, what was I gonna say? Like for me, when you were bringing up the story about like figuring it out, it's like I think that's what makes us so successful. At least in what we've been able to do a business late there is we are. I'm past the prime of coding websites for people. That's how I got started when I first you know dove into side hustle world. I think everybody had that like rite of passage that I've known of. And I'm just like, you know what? I don't know marketing. Like for instance, if you're like, I have a marketing plan that I, I need to do. I'm like, well, I don't have the strategy behind it, but once I, you give me the strategy, we can operationalize the crap out of it because we know what we know really well. We need that. We are the how that makes your what a reality, whether it's your marketing plan, your dreams, your goals, your vision, your priorities, your sprint projects. It's like, here's the operations that can make the how happen. But to your point about co-creation, that would never happen if I didn't voice that and just pretended that we knew everything. So I think we sit in that really, really fun spot where we're like, okay, if we know your what, the how for us is really, really easy. And this is where our zone of genius is. Yeah. I mean, when we first started talking about the VCs and the investors, I was like, wow, what, here's a whole you know group of people who have so many connections to the companies you want to work with. And you had someone who was like, no, it's not going to work. Um, and I, it was, it was challenging because it was like, why wouldn't it work? <laughs> I'm just like, why wouldn't it work? And you were like, why wouldn't it? I, I'm going to try it anyways. And I think you learned so much. It wasn't that you needed to come. And, and this is an interesting thing when it's like asking for help. You weren't there to, to get the VCs or the investors to say yes to working with you. If they do, that's great. That's a, like almost like a byproduct. You need them to, you're asking them for help to get connected 
to their people to or to the people that they meet on an everyday basis because VCs and investors they get they get so many people pitching them that they're not ready to to ha- have investors. They don't have the operations yet to even entertain investors, right? What an opportunity for them to say, you know, you're not ready for us yet. You need to go work with Business Laid Bear and get their their checklist, their audit done before we even look at at investing with you or even talking to you about investing. So like what an opportunity for you to have, you know, for them to be able to develop their audience, but for them to also gatekeep their audience. Like you got to go through business library before we even look at you. You're asking them for help to set up those opportunities. And we're also in talks right now with a venture firm to operationalize their organization, not their portfolios, but they have seen the value of what good operations allows them to do. Like we talk about creating so much impact, right? And one of our clients said this so well last year, she's like, how can I with integrity say we create impact for our community when we're bringing them into our internal chaos and we have no rhyme or reason of how we work. Like bringing community into our chaos is not impactful. And one of the other examples I'll give you is like, I was recently accepted into the coaching pool to help female founders. And it took them like two months just to get me into gusto and to have this process. And I'm just like, look, you want me to help, which I am ready to help. And they're actually going to pay me for it. But I'm just like, if you're not able to get your processes together, I've just spent two months waiting here where I could have actually helped the, 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 the founder you wanted me to help, but instead I'm just here, well, doing my own thing, running my own business. But I'm like, you see operations help you help others, help you help yourself, nourish yourself so that there are boundaries. And yes, that's a plug for my business, but it's just like, this is a bigger, a bigger thing that people don't think about when it comes to good operations is that it creates better quality of life. It helps you take care of yourself and the people around you. And that's something I think we need more than ever. Like I'm done grinding. Like sure, hustling is fine, but like I'm done grinding. I'm ready to ask for help. I'm ready to be efficient and effective because productivity means shit to me. And I'm just ready to do things out of pleasure. Like how do I run a business with pleasure? How do I surround myself with friends that bring me immense joy, delight, and pleasure instead of like, oh, I'm obligated to hang out with them kind of thing. So yeah, it's all about taking care of ourselves, but it looks different probably for everybody. And I'm learning that it looks very different for me, at least versus like even two years ago. Well, Business Laid Bear is really, I mean, like the whole name itself, Business Laid Bear. I mean, we we talked about really successful companies basically hiding their toys in their sock drawer. Uh, and instead, you're inviting them to really open up, open up the drawer, pull all their toys out, have you look at them, play with them, and then tell, you know, help, help, you know, def- which toys are really going to bring you the most pleasure. And that is, this is why you, if anybody's watching this or listening to this, you can tell why Veronica and I like working together because it's such a fun, fun I'm, brand. I almost spat um, out my water. I know well, the good. I've then my job here is done. Um, but I mean, this is the thing is you're inviting people really successful companies, probably the most successful companies out there have the worst processes. Uh, I've seen even in like, you know, organizations that have decades of volunteers, their volunteers are leaving because they're frustrated. Like you said, they're in waiting queues, or they don't, you know, like they're not available to get to the tools that they need in order to do their job. So you're not only losing paid employees, but you're losing volunteers, you're losing all and then your clients, you know, if they can't figure out how to do something. I was recently talking to my cell phone friend, I'm like, like, how like, why do you think this is a good idea? Like, all you're doing is making me frustrated. And and if I'm frustrated, I have an understanding of tech, there is going to be thousands of people who do not understand why this is the way it is. And they're going to be even more frustrated. Like, what is it? What's the advantage? So major, major companies need to learn how to ask and receive help from people like Veronica, who can come in without any kind of judgment or shame and just say, okay, here's the toys. Here's what we're actually going to be playing with. And here's what actually brings pleasure to you, your team and your clients. This is like the best you're, you're just going to, you're going to go put this on your website now, aren't you? <laughs> like, that's Make sure up. this is recorded, transcribed, <laughs> send it to me. Sure. I will do that. I will keyword research the new, crap out of it. It's your new marketing. Uh, it's your new ad campaign. But, but I mean, what I was going to say yeah, yeah. was that, for the people that know me, 
my brand is so sex and kink positive. And we were doing this before really it became like normal. And like, I wasn't sure I could be that person until you gave me the space and you nourished me and took care of me in the sense of allowing me to express the business brand the way that it is what it is now. And people have come to see it as like, and it's not what we lead with, right? Like we just don't go around throwing handcuffs at people. I mean, your logo is a butt. It is. It, and some people think it's their breasts. Some people don't even notice it until I bring it up or they're just like, oh, business back end. But yeah. we don't lead with it. It's more like we we lead with how can we make a difference? But this is also who we are. And if you cannot accept me and have it be okay that I say the word orgasm outside the bedroom, I immediately am so polarizing that I know who is meant to be in my world and who isn't. Yeah. And that itself feels like we are nourished in that way because who wants like fence sitters i mean one it just looks so incredibly uncomfortable but then when you don't know their intentions or how they feel about you i'd rather just when i'm like it's a maybe for me it's like i go immediately no and so that's a way of we've been able to also curate our absolutely our audience is having a strong brand that that turns away people you don't want to work with. That is receiving support from your brand. I mean, I, I've t- been told, like we're on this, like as we're working with bigger and bigger companies, we're like, oh my gosh, do we have to tone our kink down? I'm like, no, we don't because that's not what we lead with. And so for us, it's like, how do we show up in a way that feels right for ourselves without sacrificing our integrity but also not lets it cloud the magic that we can do. Cause some people have their own trauma that they can, that they have to deal with. And because not only when we talk about being business laid bare, it's like we talk about operations, but we also talk about life and clients will ask us about kink and sex. And we have heard more than enough stories about trauma and explorations and curiosities that have not gone well. And they're just like, I was hesitant about working with you at first, but I'm just like, at the end of the day, it's about giving you the permission to be yourself unapologetically laid bare here, whether that's kinky or not. So you fly your own freak freak flag, we'll fly ours. And together we're just creating a safe space for us to help you design the life and business more so business at this point that makes you ecstatic to show up every day and to make that impact because we're about the power of and pleasure and profit doing good, doing well. It's like, you don't have to choose between the two. And that to me is very nourishing. Yeah, absolutely. Letting your brand being your brand, you know, having fun with your brand is also receiving. I mean, that's the thing is like, there were so many similarities once you started talking about it. I'm like, you know, like you, in kink, you have a contract, you set a scene, like you have boundaries, you have asked for consent, you're always checking in for consent again. All of that is so very similar to the business world that it made sense. Um, a lot of people don't like to know that. But you know, now you do. Now you do. Um, and and I think this is, you know, part of it is, again, you have been told many times, oh, your brand's not going to work. Oh, you shouldn't go to the VC. And you just keep doing it. And I think that to me is, a part of receiving support too, because when people give you um, advice that you didn't ask for, um, receiving. Oh, support, I get that a lot. Yeah, you receiving support. Never gonna. I know. I know. You're always like, "Do you think this is true?" I'm like, "No, carry on." Um, part of it is because <laughs> you know, like, part of it is because I'm. I, I also think it's boring to just do what everybody. And if it didn't work for someone else, why didn't it work for them? <laughs> Like, because did they actually do the things that you could do? No. Um, There's so many reasons that go into that. But that's part of receiving support and help is knowing when to not take help. I think also nourishing, feeling nourished also ups my courage factor. So the more I am taken care of, the more courageous I can get. I think, I don't know the difference between courage and bravery is I think it feels like courage is like, you know, there's, there's danger in quotes on the other side, but you do it anyways. Whereas bravery, it's like, you don't think there's any danger. And so it's like the fact that I know if it doesn't work out, I'm still taken care of, or I'm still supported. It's like, I have like this safety net of amazingness that I can fall back to when I'm, you know, maybe licking my wounds or licking my ego wounds, whatever that may look like. So thank you, Marisa, is what I'm trying to say this entire episode. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, it's not just me. You're supported by your team. You have you have other mentors and people that are you're working with. And I think you know part of of creating that you you've really created a fantastic group of people around you who are in your corner for you to win. And so when you feel like you're, you know, you got a punch or whatever, you can go back there and they're like telling you off, giving you a sip of water, you know, giving the old shoulder shake, you know, being able to like have that surrounding you, you've done a really great job of creating that, that coterie of support around you. Thank you. So what did we learn today, folks? <laughs> Veronica has a lot of issues that she's just easily able to air out on podcast episodes, but asking for help is not easy. Like that's the whole premise of your podcast, right? And hopefully like I presented a different perspective on how asking for help shows up, but that it's not the same as other people and that I still struggle with it and that it's an act of practice that you have to just be so unwilling to give it up for because people's lives are impacted by how well you take care of yourself. And that's just such an amazing, like, and also mind blowing thought, like 20 year old Veronica be like, what the heck is this? And I think that shows growth. So thank you for being in my life. Thank you to the catalyst, all my friends and family. It's like, this has been a journey. Like entrepreneurship is already hard enough as it is, but when you do entrepreneurship unapologetically, according to your own rules, that's a whole nother level. And the support needed is more. Yeah, I think if you're willing to take that, I mean, that's why we call this nourish the risk takers, right? It's the people who are willing to take that leap, um, not knowing that they necessarily have that support system. But you know, how do we help them? How do we take help people take bigger leaps? And that's what I hope to keep doing with you, Veronica, I think I'm so proud of every time you're like, guess what? Guess what? I'm like, like, I will I will jazz hand you until the end of time um, because it, you're doing incredible things in the world. I like to, before we always go, I always like to recognize something about people. Veronica, you, first of all, you're brilliant. Your brain is built in a way that is exciting to me because you come up with solutions and opportunities and you take ch on challenges and obstacles with like, well, let's just get her in there. And it, it is it is refreshing. It is fantastic. I love the way that you show up in the catalyst for not only yourself, which is very important. I just want to say showing up for yourself is, is the best thing being, you know, some people say, Oh, that's being selfish. No, showing up for yourself is a phenomenal skill and you show up for yourself in the, in the room, but you show up for others too. And you're always checking in and you're seeing how, you know, you, you can work with others and how you can help them have a better time. And I think that is just, it's, again, it's a skill that you don't always see very often, but also you're hilarious. You are so funny. The things that you come up with, you're like, and you're, you have such a deadpan. You're like, I'm going to just like lay out this incredible comedy sequence and you, you just deliver it. And we're always all in stitches. And it is a phenomenal opportunity for us just to relax, to, you know, because business isn't always so serious, right? We have this opportunity to really laugh at ourselves and laugh at, at others and the things that we do in our lives. And you do that for us. You give us that the comedy break. You give us permission uh, to laugh. The comedic relief and the, the process mapping. Relief. Yeah. And the Those process things I bring. <laughs> I know. And the hype Yes. You bring in your Miro boards and everyone's like, Ooh, what? And then you're like, this is possible. You know? And it, yes, absolutely. You show people how organization and productivity can work with neurodivergent brains, you know, and how we can create tools that allow us to have accessibility and equity. And I think that more of that, please. So if you're watching this or you're listening to this right now, please do check out businesslaidbear.com. That's uh, businesslaidbear.com. E.com. It is essential for you to go see what Veronica is doing in the world. She has an incredible uh, podcast that isn't ongoing. It's just a section. It's called just uh, no, the whip, right? The whip. Yeah, it was the business whip. Guess who came up with that title? I mean, it was me, but, yeah. um, and I was eating a burger while I, I was like, I was stuffing my face. I was <laughs> driving and Veronica's like, what should this podcast be called? I'm like the whip, whip your business into shape. Um, but everybody who listens to it, Everybody who listens to it says, wow, there is so much bring content in there. Yeah, like the way that you break things down, again, you're all about accessibility. You're all about that being able to come into that. You bring people along with you. So if you want to go start putting operations in your business, and you don't know where to start. I do recommend starting with that podcast. Um, Veronica also has some really great, you know, we've, we've 
showcase some tools here, but do check out createtherules.com. We, uh, createtherules.com slash Veronica yawns. Um, well, you have your own page. You have your own page. And we, we've linked there too. <laughs> Uh, oh, the incredible we should we should have spent the incredible veronica yawns um but you know all of those will be linked there too um and and uh veronica thank you so much for being a part of the catalyst thank you so much for being a part of this podcast there were so many gems i was trying to write down times and all that kind of fun stuff um because there was so many beautiful things that you shared with us and thank you for for your vulnerability and thank you for bringing it in and i know it's going to be really helpful for a lot of people Thank you. Oh, how else do we end this other than until next time? Until, until the next, next episode. Until I end, I end the broadcast. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to Nourish the Risk Takers, a podcast where asking for help becomes easier and receiving the help becomes life-changing. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe to our mailing list at createtherules.com to get notified when the next interview is released. Follow us on all socials at Create the Rules for in-between insights, talkbacks, and more. Thank you for being here.